0: Hello folks, welcome to the Tech Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Supriti Adhavanshi. And guys, today I'm here with a very interesting conversation which is all about you, the developers. Let me decode this uh, a little for all of you. So innovation comes from people meeting up in the hallways or calling each other at 10.30 at night with a new idea, or because they realize something that should in, in in how we've been thinking about a problem. And this is a famous quote by Steve Jobs. As developers' modern growth calls for constant innovation, upskilling and reskilling, rethinking, reimagining, and disrupting your own business to keep pace with the level of change driven by technology and customer expectations have become the rules of survival. But what kind of skills one should look at? What are the game changers in the tech market, and what are the you know elements that are gaining popularity you know when it comes to uh, addressing the elements of uh, having a better future in the tech market? So, you know, to address these essentials, our guest will today, uh, you know, will elaborate on these elements, on how developers are the microsomes of India's innovation engine. Guys, I'm delighted to have Suman Reddy, who's the managing director and country head of Pega Systems India. A recognized technology leader for more than two decades and a core member of Pega's global leadership team, Suman has redefined how Indian business leaders are establishing innovation centers critical to the future of global technology organizations. He is also very actively involved in mentoring startups and future leaders in India, while building a robust pipeline of talent through academic programs and industry partnerships. Welcome to the show, Suman. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you, Sukruti. Thank you for inviting, and uh, thank you for the warm welcome. Uh, My best wishes and greetings to all of your listeners, viewers, and whatever the format they are attending the call today.
0: Thanks, Suman. Thanks, Suman. And I'm looking forward to some of the biggest advices and elements that uh, you'd be helping us with and our developer community today. So let's get started. So my first question for you today is, what are the new-age skill sets required for the software developers?
1: That's a great question, Security. It's interesting that I get to answer this question every year. I think for the last fifteen years, um, you know, broadly the answer has not changed. As as strange as it might sound to you, um, you know, developer skills are very broad in my mind. Right? I think I've you know coming from a computer science background myself. Started my journey as a Java developer. You know, twenty three years back in two thousand. You do the math. I think in '98 to be precise. So twenty three years ago. Uh, I have said I've been, I believe that a lot of us stay the same, right? If you want to become a good developer out of the bat as you graduate, I think having great mathematical aptitude, problem solving skills, if you have those, you can pick up any languages, right? Whether it could be Java, JavaScript, Python, all of these are still the hot skills that we use as companies are building enterprise class software, right? Now, in addition to, you know, knowing some of these, you know, fundamental skills to become a great developer, people tend to sort of get into niche areas, you know, things like maybe perhaps the latest trends that we all listen to talk about is AI, right? I mean, AI has, you know, many aspects of it as well, right? I think you still need to know a programming language to actually be good at AI. I mean, that could be a Python, that could be Java, or some of the most necessary ones. But you need to hone in your skills in things like, you know, linear algebra, statistics, uh, perhaps uh, neural network architectures. And some of these areas are also equally important if you really want to develop, you know, your, your core skills in artificial intelligence and some of the new uh, topics that we keep hearing these days, like a robotic process automation. Um, you know, what we call our flagship uh, one is called intelligent process automation or rather low code, no code platforms. Um, You know, you need to have those fundamental skills to actually become good in any of these areas. Now, if you're actually talking about an application developer, a developer who is responsible for building business applications used by any of the largest and sophisticated companies of the world, or even some of the largest companies that we interact with in our own country, whether it could be the banks, the cell phone companies, and so on and so forth, I think you know now in today's uh, you know environment, successful developers have to, of course learn some platforms and technologies. and I put our own platform out there because we are known as one of the best softwares in the world for the last 15 consecutive years, Pega Systems, to understand how to actually build uh, digital automation uh, applications combined with uh, low code, no code frameworks, um, which brings in a lot of components of AI. Machine learning, data analytics, et cetera, et cetera. I think you know some of those skills can be honed in if you can learn the platform once you have the basic fundamentals. so just to summarize in terms of what i what I sort of you know went through is you know in order for you to be a great developer, you know do not get confused and think that I need to learn a specific area of a machine learning or I really need to become a data scientist, or I need to sort of go in and op- look at the open source low code no code softwares. Uh, yes, they come in later. Depends on the project. If you're good with your fundamentals, learning some of these skills is is, is second nature now, right? you can easily get through any of these uh, new technologies that have come to my come to place, or even platforms that are actually delivered out there, your your core skills that you need to hone on continue to be your mathematical skills. Uh, your, your you know, in terms of uh, your your coding skills, especially you know people who are graduating new. I think you know they have to learn some sort of a coding skills. Uh, to actually get started in their career.
0: Thank you for that, Suman. And you know, any conversation that I have with any of the tech leaders specifically, uh, upskilling and reskilling are two elements uh, that, that have been very, very importantly emphasized uh, and advised to all the developers and uh, you know, IT professionals these days. So thank you for sharing those elements with us. Moving on to the next one, what do you think are the key aspects of being a successful developer in today's world? Because it it has become more dynamic these days to have uh, not just one skill owned, but somebody has to have more than maybe five, five uh, competencies to be better off, right? So what do you think are the key aspects?
1: You know, I've always I think you know, I've learned this in my own life. I think you know, I've been always taught that, you know, you need to constantly upskill yourself if you need to be relevant in tech industry. Um, is the answer true? Yes, to an extent. I think, you know, yes, because technology changes so, so fast in order for you to actually be relevant for skills that are changing, constantly emerging. You need to constantly upskill yourself. But the big part that I think nobody is talking about that I think you know, something that we've been telling a lot of our ecosystem is that today's developer needs to be good in understanding business problems, right? It's the business skills that they need to evolve. You know, in today's agile, fast, low code ways of developing applications, it is very important for business and IT to sit together to develop these applications. The big divide that existed in my days of doing traditional waterfall methodology was that it took us about 10 minutes to develop these applications that the business wanted. At the end of the day, when you deliver it, they're not relevant anymore because the technology has changed, the market dynamics have changed. So you go back to the development mode again and you churn another six months before you get an application that the business could maybe accept. But in today's world, the business and IT sit together and they go through this agile method of developing a software where you're actually delivering incremental capabilities every 15 days, right? You have a software every 15 days that's get, that gets delivered. I mean, as an example, we something that we've digitally transformed is Vodafone, one of the largest cell phone companies in the world. Traditionally, they've been part of this whole journey where they've had three or four software releases in a year to support all of their global customers through their customer service channel. If any customer called them for any challenges to do with broadband or data plan or cell phone, they had this whole software that would help them, their own customer reps to help their their end customers. And this software would come every two or three three times a year. However, they felt like in this fast paced world today, where every customer expects out of the world experiences when they interact in various channels, whether it's through mobile or online or social and things like that. If you do not provide those capabilities that they're used to in a day-to-day basis, then you would lose the customers. You'll have a customer churn. So we've actually helped Vodafone now adopt the low-code platform where they're churning out application updates every 15 days to keep their you know customers happy, right? So I'd say I think you know the big thing about yes upskilling is important learning new skills are important but if your fundamentals are good you can self learn that there is enough information available on the web my recommendation would be to really think about understanding the business right i think you know as a software person if you understand the business better you turn out to be a better better developer
0: all right. So, Simon, since you spoke about the low code, uh, do you think that low code solutions have been a game changer in the software industry? If yes, uh, why is that?
1: You know, to, in reality, of low code is that these are this is not a new software out there. Yes, I think we just about I think this you know in the last couple of years we've heard this a lot about having this ability to graphically drag and drop user interfaces or pre-build some functions for a quick development of the applications. You can attach them with some workflows, integrate with them back-end systems. All that can be done in a, a graphical user interface with relatively low level of development skills is really what the cell of this, this area is. But reality is people have been doing automation applications like Pega. We have been doing this for the last 15 years now, Right. The ability to build these workflows, the ability to connect with any backend systems, the ability to build any graphical user interfaces was always on the platform. We never had to touch a single piece of code, right? Because the system actually delivers the code. So to answer your question, yes, I think it is a game changer, but the game change has started a while ago. And I think a lot of players in the industry have now suddenly have woken up and they all want to sort of jump on this bandwagon. And uh, I think with the amount of change that's happening in the digital uh, automation space, I, I think you know this is absolutely, absolutely a need right now. So I think it'll be a game changer.
0: Interesting. So what is just your to view- you a,
1: I mean, just to give you just to add on? I'll yes. give you A couple of examples as well, if, if it's of any really interest, in terms of some of the work that we've done with our customers on the low code side. A couple of them that come to our mind, which might be of interest to you know some of your listeners as well. You know, during this whole COVID time, uh, you know, we work along with the Bavarian Ministry of Economic Affairs to help develop a highly configurable low-code capability system on our platform to provide this emergency COVID-19 financial aid. I mean, that was put together because it happened in the pandemic time. They wanted to develop this application in two weeks or three weeks' time. I think it was 21 days, which essentially rolled out all of this financial aid to self-employed workers, farmers and small to mid-sized companies. And we were able to build this in about three weeks with the help of their business uh, users who were able to configure the system. The other one was uh, the UK Royal Navy, again, Royal Air Force and Navy uh, wanted to, again, quickly put together a low-code platform for their recruitment, candidate recruitment into the Air Force, right? And that we were able to put together in a record time. So these are some of the applications that I can give you as an example that are taking place since the COVID, right? Which is which is allowing for businesses to quickly pull the applications together in no time and go live and support their customer base.
0: That's that's a very quick turnaround, I must say, uh, Suman. Uh, moving on to the next one, what is your view on the rise and popularity of India's low-code and no-code developer community? What do you think? Uh, you know, your know, people can actually look at, especially the IT professional. I
1: mean, as I mentioned to you, I think, you know, there are only about three or four platforms who are now supporting, you know, low-code kind of development. If you're specifically asking me the question about low-code, we are one of the leaders in there. There are a couple of other companies who also sort of, you know, feature in the top platforms for low-code. As we've just established, I think, you know, if you are working in Indian IT services, if you're helping some of the Indian companies to digitally transform their own organizations to quickly roll out, Applications like what I just described, what Bavarian Ministry did, uh, I think it's it's it, it's a good time to get into it. Uh, it's the right time to sort of you know upskill yourself you know what we discussed earlier. Uh, there are tools and technologies avail- available there if you have great fundamentals, it's not hard for you to learn. I think you know also I recommend is that this is this rise will be there, but this is this is now going to be mainstream. This is how things will be developed in future nobody will be writing code. I mean, it's just a waste of time to be just sitting there and writing code unless you're actually building the software that builds the applications, right? The coding exists still if you're actually building the software, but if you're actually building applications that typically companies use, then you're actually should not be writing any code. You should be finding platforms that will actually generate the code for you. So your profile is typically changed now. You know you can't just be thinking that I'll be a Java developer for the rest of my life. You should be thinking about how do I build business applications if you're on that side of the house and if you are on the business side of the house, if you have to develop applications for some of the top ten banks of India, the top ten insurance companies of India, the government of India, you shouldn't be writing code. You should be learning these low code platforms that will help you build applications at at great speed and absolutely lower cost. But more importantly, to be able to build once and be able to change. That's the huge advantage of low-code software is that change is the only constant thing in life, as we all know. And especially in the IT industry, change as we discussed is extremely rapid. So therefore, I think you have to build a system that is very easy to change and that's very easy to maintain. And that's the success mantra of the uh, low-code community.
0: Wonderful. This is the last one, Suman. What advice would you give to software developers stepping into the low code development?
1: As I said, I think you know we already discussed this a little bit in terms of um, you know if they want to take up the low code development. I think main differentiator for them is more than learning the technical skills, which I think for any software developer would come easy. I mean the whole Low-code environment is meant to simplify things. So if you are an engineer already, if you are a software developer or familiar with software programming languages, and if you want to learn low-code development, it'll come in fairly easily. Within a couple of weeks, you can actually learn the platform and become good at it, right? Because it's all visual graphical interfaces that allow you to actually connect with back-end systems, help you create user interfaces which are interactive, then drop in the workflows to get the work done. Uh, All of that now can be developed, you know, in a a, a visual manner. Um, I think, you know, where we see people failing, even with low code, is when they don't clearly understand the needs of the business. And people who understand the businesses really stand out. I mean, you know, their productivity is extremely high. They make customers happy. The customers are successful. And, I mean, that's really what I think, you know, one should be thinking about from a development perspective.
0: Thank you so much, Suman. This, this conversation definitely is going to help us, uh, you know, our developers understand the basics as well as the current market trends uh, full fledgedly. So, thank you so much for your valuable insights.
1: My pleasure. And I think, again, thank you for having me on the
0: call. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to us. Do stay tuned to Teggy for more such podcasts. Thank you so much.